Cool cats and kittens, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has but no one wants to admit to. Here with Tiger King Vic Whaley and Matt Bitch Marcus D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, I first want to give a big thank you to everybody that's uh, posted so many comments to us uh, telling us to be safe out here. We really appreciate that. Uh, we hope all you guys are being safe out there in these hard times, uh, and we're going to do our part. Uh, about trying to bring as much paranormal content to you guys out there uh, during these times. And just so you guys know, since I've been working a lot, I've had no real time to prep for this video, so all the stuff that you're hearing is going to be the first time I'm hearing it too. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Marcus D is going to be carrying us this time. <laughs> I know. I know. For uh, for one of the few times in my whole life, I came prepared. I did my homework this time. I, I usually do a lot of digging. It's just I've been kind of swamped lately. Yeah. Well, you also thought you were going to be off today, which made you think that you're going to be able to prepare a yeah, little we, more. Yeah, we really thought I was going to be off, but that's working at a hospital right now. So, yeah, so you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, those it's unknown times. We can't ever prepare for all these things. So yeah, but no, I, I can't prepare. We got a really good uh, episode for you guys. Uh, but we want to give a quick shout out to everybody who uh, commented uh, on our last video uh, where we talked about all things lizardy, reptiliany, scaly, and all sorts of things. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy them. We got to talk about a lot of odd things we don't yeah. normally get to talk about. All right, so we're going to go through a few of these comments and kind of give some feedback to you guys to, to show you guys how much we appreciate them uh, and uh, and give you guys some feedback. Uh, the first one comes from Nomo Gizmo. Okay. Sorry for saying that wrong. Uh, we probably did say that wrong. Uh, they said Chinese ate pangolins. Ch that's Chinese eat pangolins, and that's unfortunate. I wonder if it's part of Chinese medicine. That wouldn't surprise me. But the reason why it's unfortunate is they're pretty endangered. <laughs> that's that's terrible. That also probably that also probably wouldn't taste very good. They probably just taste like insects. Mine, they do eat a lot of insects. And then all that armory. That, that, well, I'm pretty sure they don't eat the scales. Well, yeah, they, man, they're probably difficult to prepare. Oh yeah, yeah, preparing. Okay, mm. I've never prepared a pangolin, and I don't advocate preparing <laughs> pangolins for eating. You should only prepare them for loving. I love those things. Well. Like, but I, it has to be hard because there are there's a ton of scales there. <laughs> well, like I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about preparing food, but like if they're anything like say like an armadillo or something like that or something like you gotta like clean those things, you gotta treat those things like a lot to make them like edible, not poisonous. Man, I want to go and hunt the vo, and if I find him, I want to make him my friend, and I want to ride him. <laughs> <laughs> Next. James Lang said, hey guys, Eastern Iowa resident here. East Iowa is super hilly and well forested. The east is part of the Driftless region. There are tons of remote forests and hidden caves in this area. Also, I heard one of the dragons was seen a few years ago. Can't remember if it was in Burlington. Might have been Cedar Rapids. So I think he's, uh, he's uh, James is referencing when we were talking about uh, dragons being spotted in uh, in Iowa, 
and I said it would be hard for them to hide there because Iowa was completely flat. But I guess he's talking about Eastern Ohio seems to be forested and hilly, so it'd be easier for them to hide there. Yeah, I'd never really make it over to Iowa, and I wasn't 100% sure, certain on the terrain there. Mm. But so, hey, maybe that's where they're hiding. And I do believe there, some of the accounts I found were just from a few years ago. Um, the one I found was from Burlington, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's multiple sightings. It seems like uh, these sightings don't really get spread around a whole lot, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because it's a really neat story. story yeah, like who would th- who would think dragons it's in, in Iowa? Iowa you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Barbara uh, Catalano. Thank awesome you for person. commenting again. again. Thank you very much. Said great talk, guys. Thanks for the shout out. Anytime. Lizard people episode of Doctor Who, guys. The dragons may be more plausible to me. Timelines are stacked up on top of each other. Why can there not be thin spots? Or perhaps it is hunting season there in Iowa. Because who lives in Iowa? Question mark. Is traditional spot. Be safe. Thanks for entertaining us. Okay, guys. I have I have a sign to admit to you all. I've watched, like, no Doctor Who. I haven't either, actually. I know. Everybody keeps, rec- like, recommending it to us and keep getting super surprised when we said we have not seen Doctor Who. Well, the thing is, like, when I first heard about Doctor Who, there's this guy who I really didn't like who wouldn't stop talking about it. So I think it just soured me against watching it. Okay, if we have a lot of, of Doctor Who fans out there, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And uh, full disclosure, I have also not seen Game of Thrones. You should see Game of Thrones. I know that I should see. It's on my to-do list, okay? Like, there is so much that's on my to-do list. <sighs> no spoilers. <laughs> and finally, Creepy California said, Have you seen how many empty buildings there are in L.A.? I could see something hiding there. I could, too. Um, you know, I, it's it's so often you would think that, like, people would, would say that, like, Oh, just because something's in a city, there's absolutely no place that it can hide. And that's just not true. There are lots of places in cities that things can hide. Oh, yeah, it's almost like his own urban biome it nowadays. Is. Yeah, it is. It's like its own, it's its own terrain with its own little like nooks and crannies. And anybody who's really been from like a really, you know, a big city like me growing up, we know that there are places and hidden treasures and things that cities that people just don't know about. And for people who are not from big urban cities. You notice all the weird hiding spots because you're scared the first few times you go there. No, it's weird. Like one of the one of the uh, internships that I did uh, right out of college <laughs> had me walking around downtown Evansville here, and I'm walking down by the courthouse and down my main street. So I'm I'm pretty much walking like from like our main courthouse, like maybe six blocks to the left and six blocks to the right, and I'm walking up and down and stuff. And there is just so much stuff that's there that people just don't know about there were so many abandoned buildings there's so much graffiti there's so many of these weird little hidey spots that that nobody knows about and i found when i was walking around down there it was so cool so yeah totally think that you could find stuff down there oh yeah and that's a great part of evansville that's actually on my walking path if you guys live in evansville there that's a great place to go walking yeah so i encourage anybody to do that like in an urban environment you you find a lot of stuff doing that all right, so today's black bag tip of the day. Oh, dude, I didn't prep a black bag tip for today. Okay, I will just make one up off the top of my head. Uh, when the men in uh, when the men in black come for you, hide behind the curtains. Maybe they're dumb enough not to check. There you go. That's what happens when I forget to check to prep one. That's what you get. I don't know if it'll work, but sure, give it a shot. Maybe they'll think it's charming. Okay. All right. So, uh, we got a great episode for you guys today. So, what me and Vic decided we wanted to talk about today are 
uh, mythological cities, like legendary cities, cities of old that have all these weird, myster uh, mysterious uh, stories behind them that treasure hunters and explorers have gone out to uh, countless times to try to find. And many people have even died looking for some of these cities. Uh, I've always absolutely loved stories of these kind of cities. I fell in love with the story of Atlantis so much when I was a kid. It's it's one of the it's one of the things that just it, it touches my heart so much to to read stories about that and to watch that. Oh my gosh, I probably watched like Disney's like Lost City of Atlantis probably like two hundred times. Okay, it's actually pretty good. I do kind of like, like that one. Like that's how much like like I enjoy those kind of, those kinds of stories. And I know so many times on this podcast, like there are times when Vic's like, "Well, you, would you go out with me thirty miles into the woods, you know, uh, to go do this stuff?" And I'm always like. Hell no. I might actually do that going to search for one of it for like a hidden city. So if I was going to take you to say like a ghost town, you'd be interested? Absolutely. Okay, let's go let's go haunted, investigate a ghost town. Haunted haunted town. Just towns in general. I don't know what it is about it, but like like our YouTube channel with like our case files and stuff, like a lot of uh, my favorite videos that we've done is we've done just like just towns in general, whether it's Stull, Kansas, uh, Portlock, Alaska, and when 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 even when we've talked about Dogtown, you know, here in Evansville, those have been some of my favorite videos to do. Man, I say we pull the trigger on this. I mean, Justin talks about uh, like from Interface Death, mm -hmm. he talks about going out to uh, abandoned places all the time. I mm -hmm. I say we should take a swing of this because yeah. I'd really like doing this. Also, shout out to you, to you, to you, Justin, if you're listening. Love you, man. Awesome guy. Um, so, so yeah, I just I don't I don't know what it is about that. Like just being like that treasure seeker, I don't know, like Nathan Drake from like Uncharted or something like that, or Laura Croft like from Tomb Raider, like going to find these lost cities that have just been buried in antiquity or whatever. Oh man, now I'm imagining you in the Laura Croft outfit, and it is not a pretty sight. Hey, I am picturing me in a Indiana Jones hat. And khakis with a whip. No, I, I just can't get over it. Don't be wrong. I, mean, I, I would be dead in the first five minutes of doing this. Don't be wrong. I'm like, oh, that's such a pretty colorful snake. Oh, now I'm now I'm bit bit. I'm dead. Okay, I'll keep you alive, man. But okay, okay, what you got for us? Mm. You got me excited. Okay, I did. Okay, so I toyed around with uh, different cities to talk about, and I think the easiest two cities that you know people could could, could talk about. When you're talking about mythological cities, are say like Atlantis or El Dorado. So I don't want to do those two cities. There, I think most of our listeners have probably heard of those two cities. So let's let's try to do something. I think that most people probably don't know about. Have I, you ever? I really thought you were going to say Atlantis and Troy. Well, Troy. Well, Troy would be another good. One. Troy would be another good one too. I'm going to do a little more obscure. Have you ever heard of uh, Zazura? No, actually, I, okay. I'm not aware of. of say that again, Zazura. Zazura. Yes, Z E R Z. U-R-A. It's often called the White City, is what it's called. So it also combines like another uh, like type of lore or stuff like because it because it's it's in the Sahara Desert in like the Egypt region, like near in Egypt or Libya supposedly. It's where it's supposedly hidden. And I've always loved Egyptian mythology. I've loved Egyptian lore. It's some of the most most fun stuff. I love to like lore nerd out too. So the the legend of it kind of. You know, it's been spoken of by, by like, Egyptian uh, and, like, Arabic scholars before. Like, they've kind of referenced it. But the real 
uh, starting point of the legend kind of starts in about 1481. That's kind of like when the, the story of it kind of picks up. And what happens is there's this uh, emir in Benghazi, Libya. And emir's kind of like a governor, mayor-esque this town. And he finds this guy who's been out wandering the desert and and is like just totally wrecked. Like he's just on the edge of death. And he nurses him back to health. Okay. And this camel driver was out there. And what he says is what happened was he was out in uh, out in the desert with uh, his caravan. And this sandstorm brushes in. And uh, it kills everybody else in his caravan except for him. Because he like Luke Skywalker's it by hiding under his camel. Okay, that that's a cool thing. <laughs> not, not inside the camel, but under the camel. Okay. And... You know, he's near death too in this point, and what happens is, is he gets rescued by this group of people. Okay. And they and he's kind of delirious and he and he's like and the first thing that he noticed is he's kind of taken aback because he realizes that he, he says that they are a fair skinned people with blue eyes. And the next thing he finds odd about these people is is that even though they're fair skin and blue eyes, they speak Arabic, kinda. Like they don't speak like on purpose, but it'd be kind of like, I don't know, like a like a a person from America and a person from Australia talking to each other, a person from Australia and a person from the UK talking to each other. Like you get it, but sometimes there's a few speed bumps in the conversation. So it's like a different dialect, yeah, 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 language. Okay, and but he's generally able to pick up most of it. And he takes them there. They take him to their city, okay, to their city in the desert, and it's in this uh, this kind of oasis area. And they take him into the city. And on the door of the city is this giant bird. And I wish for the life of me I knew what the bird looked like, because I have I poured through tons of stuff trying to see if I could get a description of what this bird was on, because I think that it would help narrow down who these people actually were or or anything like that. But Do you know what you might be able to do? Hmm? You might be able to, if you can find a copy of the original Arabic hmm? and then have someone actually read it, see if uh, like the word they use in there has any particular context. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good idea. And so so the next thing you notice is that their weapons are weird. Like he's like normal like like Weapons in the area are like the swords are kind of curved, like a sim- thing like scimitar esque swords. Mm-hmm. He says that they have like straight, like, like straight swords, like almost like a European esque sword. And he gets in there. The next thing he realizes is that even though everybody's kind of dressed in this kind of like Middle Eastern North African garb, um, nobody here is uh, nobody here is uh, is uh, follows Islam here. Because he notices that because none of the women are wear none of the women are covered up. They're just out and about, okay. And he describes the city as this whitewashed city. Like the whole city on the outside is just white. Everything in there is just pristine. There's golden pillars that are in there, and just describes this paradise uh, of just treasure troves in this city. And okay, are are you cool with me jumping in? Oh you yeah, oh yeah. Okay, one of the first thoughts I have when you're describing these people. It kind of sounds like Vikings, <laughs> like fair skin, fair hair, blue eyes, straight swords. And like th- th- during the Viking expansions, like they really pushed to some far off areas. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not 
I'm gonna push on who I, what I think that they are. I would be willing to. I would be willing to say yes that that they could be Vikings. Because like I know there's a during one of the Viking expansions, they made it to um, like the Byzantine Empire, mm-hmm. and they uh, they had kind of conquered and sacked along the way, and then they got to uh, I think it was actually Constantinople. And they tried to seize the city, but the city had, like, you know, real walls, and they had, like, primitive flamethrowers. <laughs> and they just kept, like, basically whooping them every time they tried to seize them. And I think they went north after that and became uh, the Rus, which became Russians. I have a hard time believing, though, that Russian, uh, though that, that Russians could survive, or Russian, not Russians, that these the Vikings could survive that deep in the Saharan Desert, like, if they got stranded there. Like, I just... I don't know. They, they put, like... They put a lot of colonies in a lot of different places. They were pretty good at kind of figuring mm-hmm. out what to do. I mean, yeah, it is a bit of a stretch, but you got to admit, it does kind of sound like that. I, I think I got a better fit. Okay. I think I got a better fit, but we're going we're gonna to get there. We're going to get there. We haven't gotten off on the exit yet. So this is kind of weird. So the guy... This, this camel driver is telling this story to the emir, and the emir is immediately becoming suspicious. And he's like... Well, if this was such a paradise, why did you leave? And then and the camel driver's like, bruh, 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 and he gives him some sort of answer. It's just said that he gives him an answer that doesn't really make sense. So the mayor's like, okay, search him. <laughs> so, like, because he, like, he doesn't believe him. So, you know, the guards search the guy, and they find on the guy this gold ring with a giant ruby. But obviously this regular camel driver guy should just not have. So the emir did the responsible thing, and he just believed the guy's story, and he let him go. That that can't be the answer. No, no, of course it's not the answer. No, the Emir thought that he was a thief, and he took the guy out in the desert and cut off his hands. Okay, that, that <laughs> sounds more like people there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, because he assumed that this guy must have stolen this. But uh, the Emir uh, keeps the ring, obviously, and uh, it becomes like an heirloom of, like, the, the leadership of the area. And it's supposedly this ring is, like, passed down, and while it's being passed down, they're, they're testing it. And they're thinking that what this ring came from was 12th century Europe is where they think that this ring came from. But the problem is, is shortly about in like, oh, whenever Muammar Gaddafi comes to power in Libya, and I want to say that is in the 70s or 80s, I can't remember off the top of my head, it disappears. Like it gets lost, supposedly nobody knows where it's at. So that's why it can't be tested anymore. Uh, Unconveniently, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But uh, but the story of it just sticks, okay. And when it, and when something cool, because this also isn't the only reference for this really cool city. Um, there's this Arabic book that uh, is, and I and I'm not going to attempt to pronounce how it's what it's called. Like I'll just I'll just butcher this name. But what it translates to is it translates to the Book of Hidden Pearls. Okay. That's a cool name. I know it is. Isn't it way better than me trying to pronounce what this thing is actually called? So what this book does is this book is this. It's like an Arabic book or manuscript, and what it does is it details all of these like hidden Egyptian treasures and and how to like get to them. And some of them are some pretty weird like occultic rituals for like how to get to some of these treasures. But it actually had a reference to uh, Zazera in it, and it's just such a cool passage. I have to read this. Okay. Situated behind El Kuala at the citadel of Surrey, you will see palms, vines, and springs. Penetrate into the wadi and pursue your way up it. You will find another wadi running westwards between two mountains. 
from the last wadi starts a road which will lead you to the city of Zizura, of which you'll find a door closed. This city is white like a pigeon, and on the door of it is a carved bird. Take with your hand the key from the beak of the bird, then open the door of the city. Enter, and you will find great riches. Also, the king and queen sleeping in their castle. Do not approach them, but take the treasure. Wow, that is I know, Ron! Right? That's so cool! That makes me want to go look for this place. I know! And I love that so much. I, just, I love... That's just so cool for, like, just those stories about how to, like, get to some of these places. Because, it, you know, it's like Homer or these other, like, just uh, storytellers that pass down, like, how to get to these legendary places. Which, by the way, is just so cool. And, it, you know, I always laugh because, like, it, it, it kind of almost sounds kind of like how, like, people today describe how to get to places. Yeah. Like, it was like you know, go down by where the okay. road forks. I, I got a ignorant question real quick. Okay. What's a wadi? Oh, so a wadi is a man-made, uh, like, water hole. It's like an artificially oh, man-made okay. one. Yeah, I probably should have explained that because I had to look that up too, yeah. So, like, they're essentially, they're, they're like, man-made places to, like, collect rainwater or to funnel water into a place. Because, again, you're out in the desert, so, like... Sometimes you've got to bring the water to you or get the water. It almost sounds like he's describing a tomb, not a city there. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like... Because he, he's not describing that there's, like, people there. He's just describing, you open the door, there's the king and queen sleeping, which I'd assume if there's if he knows for a fact they're sleeping, I'm assuming he's using that mm-hmm. as a metaphor for their dead. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, that, that's just such a neat description. Mm-hmm. You know, but the weird thing is, is that, like, the manuscript itself is not written by the people that probably live in Zazera because the people of Zazera do not sound like a folk that want to be found. No, <laughs> they, 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 they do not. They sound like they want to be by uh, themselves and and not bother anybody else. Okay, another thought that's popped in my head. It's a major wealthy city to be able to acquire, like, to build a massive city like that. They'd have to have a good degree of wealth, right? Mm-hmm. But even though trade is such a big part of the Arab world, I'm assuming they're not trading because people don't know where it is. Yeah, so, like, so that's one of the things that's, like, really important about, like, most, like, ancient, uh, like, mythological cities like these. Like, places like Troy or Xanadu, Machu Picchu, things like that. Like, these places are are center, or, like, a centerfolds for trade and things like that. And it would have to, and, like, that's how you become so popular. So... How do you get that much wealth and treasure not trading with people? Because the because the thing about it is 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 all through like up into the eighteen hundred like the story of Zazera, like all through like say like the eighteen seventeen, nineteen hundreds and people going to search for it, you know, everything out there, people are just dis- like people just assume there's nothing there. There's nothing there, there's no trading, there's nothing. And like all through, like it was like the night. It's like by the 1930s. There's actually something called the Zazura Club, <laughs> which is this like this group of like European explorers that go out trying to find this place, and they do a very very good job of filling in the map in in Libya and trying to find all these other like they find like evidences of wadis in the past, like these like these man made areas for water, and they find mountain ranges and they find all of these ancient cultural findings out there, but they're not finding anything of Zazura. They're not finding any evidence that there would be this massive 
a great city. Because keep in mind, we're not too terribly far from, this is supposed to be from like, say like Alexandria or Cairo or things like that. So, you know, the other thing about these like major cities is they're really not on top of each other. You know, because, you know, if you have a really rich neighbor next door and you're a really rich neighbor, yeah, fighting's probably going to start happening. Do you know where probably had directions to there? Hmm? The Library of Alexandria? Probably. <laughs> probably. But actually, that, I, I guess that leads me to, to who, what I think could be what this is. Okay, we'll talk about, the, talk about like, the sort of Alexandria. Because some of the theories about what these people are, because, again, they're fair-skinned people. How do they get out there? One of the theories that, that gets thrown out there is maybe these were just some crusaders that got lost down in there. Okay, I've done some studying on the crusades, and I don't... The thing is, like, for the Crusades, we know what knights went in. We know where they went for the most part. Uh, we know all the treacheries that went down between them. It's a fairly well-documented right. uh, story. Even the, even the first Crusade, we have a lot of information on mm. it. Uh, and, I uh, like, the Crusaders that went down there were, were probably French Crusaders, and they did not do very well. No, no. They did, they did, they did sack Alexandria. They did do that. But that was about it. But by that time, Alexander had been sacked so many times, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but, like, it's it's happened a fair bit of times. <laughs> like, they're kind of used... The city of Alexander is kind of used to being sacked. So. And I gotta say, for the, most of my knowledge on the Crusade, really comes from the first Crusade anyways. Yeah. So, um... But no, I have a theory as to what I think these could be. So, um, if you think about that area and out there, most people would think, well... How did fair-skinned people get down there? Well, not only did the Vikings get down there, but also Macedonians did too. Like Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great conquered this area by like 300 BC. He They were in the area like 1,500 years before the first story of the first, the, before this story with the, the, the camel herder that's out there. So Alexander the Great comes down, conquers Alexandria. What also most people don't know about Alexander the Great is once he conquered Alexandria, what he did was he had heard tell that there was a famous oracle in Libya. Okay, there was a, an oracle to Amman, like A-M-M-O-N, which is like, they're, they're great deities. Like, they're Zeus-esque. They're one of their-esque deities. Okay. Is this from Zoroastrianism or...? And I'm, not, I'm not 100% positive, but like he, but he hears... He hears tell that there's this, like, great oracle that's out there that okay. nobody could find. So he goes out in search of this oracle, and he finds this oracle in in Libya. So he's been out here himself. He has been out here himself. He searches it out, finds it. Nobody knows exactly what this oracle told him but or what, he, or what was set back, but he actually has been in the area. And one of the things that Alexander the Great does when he gets anywhere is he leaves a little bit of Hellenistic culture behind, you know? And he interweaves him, and he interweaves his legend into the area. And his body is supposedly buried, supposedly, in Alexander. After he dies, his body disappears, and nobody knows where his actual tomb supposedly is. It wouldn't, and wouldn't any great ruler... What do they want to do? They want to be buried with their wealth. How many great rulers have been buried? He was this was a guy that wanted to go down in, in, in antiquity as being one of the most legendary people of all time, and one of the greatest people. <clears throat> He's exactly like he has that Genghis Khan mentality of I want to have a tomb that nobody would would could get to, nobody could find all this tr and be buried with all my treasure. Well, Genghis Khan was just buried in the woods near where he played when he was a kid. Well, still don't knows where the tomb is. 
Well, there is. But, 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 but back back to what you're saying. So your theory is that this is a offshoot of Hellenistic culture that was brought down with Alexander the mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, they had they had straight swords. Yeah, they that's were true. they were they were fair they were fair people. Did, did Macedonians have blue eyes? I'm the, really okay. not sure. Okay, okay. So a lot of misconception is is that people of like that are gonna have dark hair, and that's not actually true. The further up the the further up like say like the the Italian peninsula you go, you can find people with like bluer eyes and like blonder hair. Yeah, you I can absolutely that, find. I knew that, that there were uh, Macedonians that had fair hair. I wasn't sure if blue eyes was very. Common. And keep in mind too, also keep in mind this is a person of the desert. If you're gonna be commenting on somebody's eye color. The very first person you see with blue eyes, you're gonna that's that's what you're gonna take away from this, okay? A brown eyed person or a black eyed person is probably not gonna be registering this. You see one and all of a sudden you're gonna be like, You are not gonna believe what is out there in this dead. There is a place be with blue eyes. That is a mutant. That's a freak that's gotta be somebody with some sort of divine heritage. I'm like I'm assuming, you know, like if we saw somebody with like purple eyes or something. Yeah, look at uh like in uh many Asian cultures, like having like bright green eyes is considered to be like very sacred. Yeah. And very, very special because it's very rare. Yeah. But, okay. So, they stick around. They develop this kind of hidden culture, kind of tucked away from stuff. Uh, but how, how do they manage to build a large city and remain elusive, though? How do they maintain their culture in a uh, difficult area? And so, one of the things that I think that they that they could that they could do, I think the reason about why, as like, I think Alexander the Great, he would build a large city. That's like a tomb city for him. That where he's gonna make, and that would explain why there's this treasure that that's not leaving there. And on top of that, there are native people that have lived in the area. One of the things about the city too that like a lot of that's part of the legend is that it's guarded by black giants. I don't know another nicer way of saying that, but that's what the tomb is called. But there are nomadic Africans called like the the Tebu that live out in that area that are actually t- taller than your average person that's in the area. They're, they're like, known for being huh. tall. Yeah. So, and they are known for, like, raiding caravans and raiding areas outside of... Oh, like, so they might areas. be sustaining themselves yeah. by, like, this yeah. this plunder that's being brought back by the raiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes some sense. So imagine you're Alexander the Great, and you want to hide a city somewhere where people are not going to go to. I would put it in a desert surrounded by nomads that will attack caravans that come out continue to pay the nomads and also you could use it as a way of trading and a way of sustaining yourself out there because one of the things that all the explorers of like the european explorers found between the 1920s and 30s and all that they're finding all of these like lost oasises that are out there and all these other caravan packs uh trails that have lost okay because one of the things that when it comes to like major cities that happens is like how how can major cities fall most major cities are built along major trade routes. So if something affects the trade of that area, effect like that, that'll cause a city to disappear. That'll cause a city to become abandoned and nobody knows where it's at anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, once, once in a, back in that time period, once you start going through system collapse, where the things that you generally expect to be put in place start to break down, it causes a big domino effect. And you even have like a well-established city collapse in a fairly reasonable period of time. Right. Like, look at the Bronze Age collapse. We had cultures on cultures on cultures, and all these major expansive cultures just get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like Egypt made it through <laughs> barely, and they were in just total chaos at the time. Like, most people, most of the culture of that time period were just wiped out, mm-hmm. and we know about them mainly just because of what was left behind. So that would also explain why these guys, these these the, the treasure hunters and the European explorers going out there are finding these ruined cities out there. It's because, again, 
this whole area is so heavily dependent upon trade roads that it, you know, it only takes a minor, like a minor deviation or a minor problem. And then you're going to have all these camps or areas just evaporate. It could also explain why we haven't found it. Because what could have happened is easily is one of the, like one of their major areas for where they get food, whatever they get, whatever could have just disappeared. And now the, that's the reason why nobody could find it by like 1930. 1920 when they go looking for it i wonder if this whole new phase of like satellite archaeology mm-hmm. might uncover something on it because apparently you can use satellites to map out areas and then you use programs mm-hmm. to find anomalies within uh, those areas and use those anomalies to kind of figure out where hidden structures are right i mean it could i mean like we know where the temp where the pyramids of Giza are we know where the great pyramids are we find new rooms in them like in new areas all the time for shit we know where it's at and we're still trying to figure it out yeah so yeah i think we could but that can also explain why we haven't been able to find like an underground tomb or why maybe why we haven't been able to find one of these cities out there the desert because keep in mind i don't know the person that would probably be all about going hey, do you want to wander out in this uh, area of the desert where we don't know if anything's out there? <laughs> okay, I want to express one of the weirdest things about this legend, though. Mm-hmm. And it's been sticking with me till you mentioned it. When you're reading that uh, nice description, or may, perhaps it's a poem or something, but, um, okay, so on the gate, there's an eagle. Mm-hmm. Or a bird. A bird. Sorry, a bird. And in the bird's mouth is the key just to open the door, and then you can just walk and get whatever you want. That is a terrible gate. That is a terrible it gate. Doesn't <laughs> out. I'm assuming that's just part of the legend. Because I okay, if I'm Alexander, because going with your theory, okay, and I have this awesome tomb and it has all my treasures that I worked so damn hard to get and I want to be buried with, I'm not gonna leave the key just taped to the door, going, "Oh, hey guys, come on in, just well, take whatever you like." Maybe you gotta do like a secret handshake with the bird, like in its beak or something. You gotta put your hand on there a special way in order to turn it. Oh, I, I kind of want to go out there, build a gate now with an eagle on, just leave the key strapped to it and just mm-hmm. not have the lock match the key. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it won't actually convince anyone, but it just seems like it'd be fun. But uh, that, that part just strikes me as very odd. Well, if I'm thinking of anything, probably what it could be is... It, <sighs> it seems like poetic exaggeration. It, it is. It's, prob- it's, probably so- it's probably some sort of like... It, it, truthfully, another thing that it could be, it could be, and I'll and I'll throw this out there. It could be technology he doesn't understand. I, know, I guess. I guess and it could possible, just yeah. it could just be a metaphor for how he gets in. It also could just be to, well, and keep or also keep in mind, keep in mind, we don't necessarily know the guy that saw this is necessarily the one that's describing it. Maybe it's just told to him, or that's the legend of how it gets in. Yeah, I just really think this you is know. artistic embellishment yeah. over the oh, years. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you know, Arabic writing is full of, like, moving, you know, imagery for this stuff. Like, oh, yeah, they, and it's very, very stuff. metaphorical. Yeah. And lots, lots of very, um, oh, God, kind of flowery, verbose wording. Like, a lot yeah. of poetry. Right, right, right. So, it's... So... Are you still stuck on the on, on the Viking theory, or are you coming around more to me, maybe? Uh, well, I, I got some other ones besides that one. I, another thing that I was thinking about was maybe it could be an offshoot of Celtic culture. Because mm-hmm. Kel- the Celtic culture was far more expansive than what most people give it credit for. It wasn't really one united nation, but they did spread out 
in a massive range because I there's ones uh, there were colonies in Ireland. They're all the way down to Turkey as well. Mm. Perhaps they went farther and we just don't know about it because I, I kind of feel like certain types of Celts would meet that sort of description, definitely with a straight sword and things like that. So maybe something like that. And I do really like the Viking theory because they were really into expansion and they do really fit that description of, you know, Fair skin, fair hair, blue eyes, straight swords. True, true. But, so have I brought you around to the Viking theory? No, because Alexander <laughs> the Great. No, because Alexander the Great was way more intertwined with Arabic culture than the and Celts and the Vikings. That's true. I, there is that issue of the complexes of building a city, and like in that area, you would need to have some knowledge to build on, and that's not yeah. a Viking styled city. What's being described there. So and I do. I'm not saying it's a great theory right there, but it's just something that came to mind. Yeah, and I'm also inclined to believe. You know, Hellenistic mythology is also very interwoven with birds. There's a lot of bird symbology yeah, for a lot true. for a lot, for a lot of their deities. So, I mean, when you were describing, I did kind of get a Gates of Mycenae feel. Mm-hmm. Although the Gates of Mycenae is lions, not birds, mm-hmm. but it does have that sort of Hellenistic twinge to it. I just wish I wish that if, if we knew the bird or they described it a little bit better. Well, let's see. Bird on the gate, odds are it's an eagle. Probably. Because when you were describing it in my head, I saw an eagle. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't there like something with Alexander the, Alexander the Great, an eagle feather that he had like in his helmet or something? It might have been. Alexander the Great is actually one of those characters I don't know a ton about. He's an interesting guy. But like I'm more into like Agamemnon and Aeus. Mm-hmm. Than I am really Alexander the Great. I do like Hellenistic stories, but it's he's he's not the Hellenist I really am into. Like I'd rather read about Aias, who's one of my favorite Hellenistic mm. characters ever, or or um, Oedipus. I okay. okay, guys. Everyone thinks the story of Oedipus Rex is just about sex with your mom and stabbing out your eyes. No, there's a lot to that story, and it is a neat story. If you have not read it, please read it. Uh, you pretty much just gave the spark notes for what anybody needs to know about that story. No, but there's all these, there's monster slaying, and there's a lot of, like, interesting build-up to the story, and the character of Oedipus is actually a really neat character. Sex with his mom, plucking out his eyes. There's so much more to it than that, just, (laughs) but, like, that's the sort of, when I read Hellenistic literature, and I read about Hellenistic um, history, I usually focus around stuff like that. Okay, okay. Like, I could probably tell you more about my scene than I could about it. Like any other city in the Hellenistic, uh, uh, like, territories. Mm-hmm. That's just why I felt just so just in love with this city. Because I just, I love the idea of this, myst- like, just ancient, like, Egyptian, like, legends and legendary cities and things like that. And it, there's just, the, there's is reference of, like, these cool, like, treasure books and things like that. And treasure and... Do they have any of that, that, like, advanced technology aspect to their legend? So, not that I could read. So, the, the, the biggest stuff around it is that it's it's just the city of just great wealth. But I, I there's just so much to be said, though, about the, the weirdest aspect of it. It's just, it's not trading with anybody. Nobody, an no, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything about it. Like, what, like even, even legendary stuff. Places like, you know, Machu Picchu, Xanadu, Elder, like people or cultures have said, or Troy have said, like, oh, we know where that city is. It's out there. We've traded with it and stuff like that. 
But there's nothing like that for Zazura. Wait, what, what was it say that Masamundo was from? Um, oh, Timbuktu. Yeah, okay. Also a fantastic story, by the way. I don't know guy. why I couldn't remember the cities from. Oh, but, yeah. Okay, well, maybe it's something like that where um, Timbuktu, under the rule of Masamundo, was so wealthy that if you try to equate the amount of wealth they had to this day, you just can't do it. There's it, no metric for it. They had so much wealth that you couldn't even measure it by today's standards. Wakanda. Yeah, it's, it's it <laughs> it, kind of like it, that. It is like the Wakanda. It's, the, it's this incredibly rich, possibly the richest... Actually, he's no. Blood, it yeah. is the richest civilization ever to exist. Yeah, and like for example, in Africa, when, it's Wakanda. Oh yeah, uh, for example, when he went on his trip to Mecca, he crashed the economies of everywhere he went through because he <laughs> dropped so much gold. It devalued oh gold gosh. and just destroyed yeah. all the cities he went through just because he was dropping that much gold. He just takes off from his hometown. He just takes off from Timbuktu with like a, like eighty to hundred thousand people just throwing gold off the side of his of his camel. Because he had he had that much gold that he could walk around and do that. Maybe it's like that where they have access to a incredibly uh, rich gold mine or a gold mining yeah. system, and they're able to incur massive amounts okay. of wealth that way. But if but if that's the case, I really feel like the stories of it would be like. Eddie Murphy's coming to America, like right after they get to New York City, like where he's like the rich, like like he's like the rich prince of the African this nation. He gets there and everybody robs him, so he comes back out of his car and like everybody on the sidewalk is like covered in like jewels and furs and stuff. And a guy walks up, goes, "Want to buy a watch?" and pulls out like thirty gold Rolexes. Like I think we would have seen that. It's not a great theory here. I'm just kind of trying to justify the logic. But maybe it's one of those things where they had access to great wealth. They had enough to pay off the merchants to keep it off the trade road. So a select, say, guild of merchants that they had dealt with knew where it was, could get the supplies in, and they could pay them enough to keep this quiet. Because also, if you're a merchant trading with this place and you know they're very wealthy, you have more than enough incentive right there not to share this place with people. But another thing, too, that uh, both, like... Greece, like Hellenistic cultures, as well as Egyptian cultures, dude, is they have cults dedicated to deities. Oh yeah, mystery cults are huge. They they have cults dedicated to just two particular gods. And Alexander the Great, inter I could he did he interwove them himself into their religion. So I could see him creating a a city in which the whole town is one massive secret cult dedicated to him as a deity. Like this ancient king sleeping uh, and queen slumbering under underground. Like if there's one guy that I think in history that would do that, I think it'd be him. But like there, I mean, are, there are points in Hellenistic culture where the mystery cults wielded almost as much power as the Church of Not More. Like especially like the, uh, the cult of Bacchus was yeah. like huge. Yeah. Now, also, full disclosure, I know a lot of Egyptian kings and pharaohs, did, you know, they did that too. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just, full, I, I totally get that. I but do. But nothing else, that's proof in concept right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, but that would also, but that would explain to me why you would have a city of fair skin. I don't, I don't see a city of, 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 like, fair skin people doing that to, like, say, say, like, native Egyptian king. I just can't, I just can't see that. Okay. I could be wrong. Why would you want your tomb to be so far from Macedonia, though? Oh, because he was in love with Alexandria. I mean, he 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 loved that whole area. Oh yeah. And it, when and when his body was stolen, like I think that's where he. I truthfully, I think that's where he wanted. I could be wrong, but I really want to say that he fell deeply in love with that part of the world when he was when he was down there. Because honestly, man, it, like 
think about it. It's a whole group of culture that where they they worship their kings as gods. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's gonna fall. I in could love. I could see that being very appealing to him. Yeah, I could see him buying that. Mm-hmm. I do, I do, and I also think that what could happen so if you is you have a city that is so secretive and wanting to be kept secret that if something happened where they couldn't be there anymore, that the the the, the people of it would either leave commit mass suicide they leave or they would just keep the city a secret like if they couldn't stay there just to keep it a secret that's why you don't have the story of like the monster moon of a person that rich is walking around throwing treasures everywhere because they don't want it to disappear okay i'm not saying i'm totally sold on your theory but it does make a degree of sense i do like it mm-hmm. and anybody put their uh Anybody with other thoughts, I'm going to definitely put your comments about this because I want to know what you guys think for what this could be. But I think that is a good, I think that's a good place to to end the podcast for today. So you absolutely guys, make sure that you guys put your comments below on what you guys think that Zazur uh, could be or what you guys think. Um, also, if you guys like the podcast, don't forget, make sure you guys uh, leave a comment or leave us a rating about wherever you're hearing this from. Um, because we always appreciate that stuff. That's how you guys can help out uh, our podcast. So, question, Marcus. Hmm? Did you prep anything for the extended segment? I sure did. What we gonna talk oh, about in it? You know what? I'm gonna talk about. You know, you know, we do like the story of Atlantis, don't we? Of course. Have you ever heard the story of the Atlantis of the Sands? I am looking forward to hearing about yes. this. Yes. And if you're looking forward to hearing about this. Become a Patreon today. It is. If you guys, uh, we'll put the link to our Patreon below so you guys can check out the awesome extended uh, portion of this podcast as well as uh, some other fun videos that we have up there. Do you want to do a shout out to a random Patreon or a patron? I do. A uh, big, uh, big shout out to uh, both John as well as Sarah. Oh, Sarah was like our very, very first number one. I think John was number, and I believe John was number two. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So always a big shout out to those two. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Cause, okay, Marcus, Lord Master of the Lost Cities, tell me about this Atlantis of the Sands. So, you like that? Yeah, I did like that. I did like that. Thank you. So it, so this is this is a weird because this has gone by a lot of different names based on who's telling the story. Like one of the things that it's called is Ubar. Um, in the Quran, it's referred to as Iram. Um, and I think I've another... heard of Ubar and Iram, yeah, like yeah. just in passing, but yeah. I don't know anything about them. And I think there's a couple other names. So it's actually got, it's got like, it's got like, it should, they should really call it the Atlantis of the many names, really, is what they should call this thing. But this uh, city, you know, it's also referred to as like the city of brass because the buildings they were supposed to be made of like this brass that color. That I have definitely heard of. Yeah. And so this is also one of those stupid rich countries. Okay. The people there were supposed to be called the people of Ad, like A.D. And it was ruled by a king called... King Kong? King Shalad. Ad. Okay. I attempted to pronounce it, and I'm just... It's just... We're not good at it. Well, and when you say someone's the people of blank, that usually, like, demonstrates, like, a clan line. Yeah. So, he... So this place was supposedly also like stupid rich, but supposedly the big reason about why what like historians think that this place might have been rich was because it was maybe not even just a city, maybe like it was like a corner.